Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. We're also available over at americaoutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily, and we highly recommend you check that out. Well, Rob, this is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My only friend. This is the end of his elaborate plans. The end of everything that stands. The end. No safety or surprise. The end. I'll never look into his eyes again. Mr. Mike Pence has dropped out of the running for president of the United States. I'd say it's about time. He says that he's finally figured out that it is not his time to lead America, which I can't believe it took him this long. I mean, we could have told him that uh, when he decided to run for president, that this was going to be a complete disaster. Uh, I'm not sure what he got up to polling. I think around 4 or 5% was his high point. President Trump has a commanding 40-point lead over Ron DeSantis currently. He's just blowing away the competition. And uh, what's interesting about Mike Pence is on January 6, 2020, he flushed his political career down the toilet when he didn't just send it back to the states. And then he continued to do so. He went on all the fake news channels and buried President Trump, acted like he was supposed to overturn the election when we all know that's not what he was supposed to do and what he was constitutionally obligated to do. Uh, The guy was just a total sellout and he ruined his own political career. And the only time I think we'll ever hear from him again is probably on uh, MSDNC or fake news CNN. Rob, what are your thoughts on Mike Pence dropping out of the presidential race? Well, Andrew, I've got to say, I was wondering where you were going with that opening. I didn't know you were so poetic (laughs) about Mike Pence. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in tonight. Uh, I got to say, like you said, this is the end of Mike Pence. I don't know why he even thought he had a chance, but everyone is entitled to run if they want to. But in my opinion, it was over before it started. And we've spoken about this on many occasions. Mike doomed himself when he did not follow the Constitution. And this is before the Democrats came in and changed or rather clarified the responsibility of the vice president. Because up until that moment, It was the vice president's responsibility. And when I say that moment, meaning the 2020, December of 2020, I think that's when they changed the, or clarify the role of the vice president. And they made his responsibility more ceremonial as opposed to it being an official task. Now, the vice president is the president of the Senate. And when they're when there's short votes, the vice president comes in and is the tiebreaker. So it begs the question, why would the Democrats go in and change his role to make it more ceremonial? No one has asked the question. The media never decided, never wanted to challenge them on it. And they didn't challenge them on it because they wanted it to be that way. 
well, they want it to be that way up until a Republican is in office, and then they'll go back and try to readdress it or redefine uh, that role. But what Mike Pence's role was supposed to have been in January, January 6th, was to certify the electorates, to certify the votes from the different states. However, if a representative came in and challenged it, and he had two senators challenging it with him, then the responsibility of the vice president was to take those electoral votes and send them back to the state where they were being challenged. And at that moment, the state would make the decision as to whether or not they want to seat new electorates or accept the electorates that were presented. Now, why Mike Pence felt that he had to act unilaterally and do it himself it's beyond my realm of thinking. But no one was having saying that he needed to overthrow the election. That time frame is built in in the Constitution as to when the president is elected and when he takes office and when he's sworn in, just in case there are questions. But you see, the Democrats want to shut down any dissension. Anything that doesn't go with their playbook, they want to shut it down, and there's no one to challenge them on it because the liberal media media won't challenge them on it. And unfortunately, the right-wing media wants to appease them, so they'll mention it in passing, and then they'll move right over. But here on After Dark with Robert Andrew, we're not going to do that, because we're going to give you the facts. We're going to spell it out. And what Mike Pence was supposed to have done has been happening since the dawn of time. Even when Trump was elected in 2016, and Biden had Democrats challenging the certification of votes. However, the Democrats did not have a senator to stand with them. So there was nothing more to do but to accept the certification of those votes, even before Biden. And the list goes on and on. Barack Barack Obama himself, there was a challenge because they wanted Hillary Clinton in. But see, the media won't tell you this, and you don't know it because you're not teaching it, teaching it at schools, and then the indoctrination of the media that is put out there that you don't know the truth. Well, how do I know? Because I do my research. I pulled the tapes. And if you go on our sites, you will see the tapes. If you look at some of our stories, we put the tapes there. You can see for yourself these tapes have not been doctored. So Mike Pence, as we said, was over before it started because he chose not to stand up and carry out his constitutional duties, the duties of the vice president. Maybe he was terrified. Maybe the Democrats scared him. I mean, he wouldn't be the only person who's been terrified by the Democrats. I mean, you have them saying, get up in their face. You have Maxine Waters saying, surround them, get up in their face, tell them they're not welcome. You have Eric Holder saying to kick them when they're down. You have Nancy Pelosi saying the exact same thing. I mean, and the list just goes on and on and on. You have Chuck Schumer saying, you know, that they're going to come after you. I mean, these are some violent people. They're very violent. And there's no one to hold them accountable. Because the law won't hold them accountable. You see, Merrick Garland won't hold them accountable. Christopher Ray, the FBI director, he won't hold them accountable. He's too busy going after parents who are concerned about the indoctrination of their children in school. So there's no one to hold these Democrats accountable. You look at these Democrats right now, the progressive arm of the Democrats. You look at what they did during following, uh, what's the guy's name, uh, Ferguson's death. I mean, it's not Ferguson, but George Floyd's death. 
and how they just terrify people on the streets. I mean, it was like nights of riots after night after night. And this was during COVID. Everyone else told was told to shut in, go out, don't go outside. But these people were outside marauding around, I mean, terrorizing people without mask on, and they weren't held accountable. Look at what's happening today. Look at look this the same people from the same playbook, Andrew, out and about supporting Hamas. No, they're not supporting the Palestinians. Don't get it twisted. They're supporting Hamas. And they want Israel to back down. They want Israel to cease fire. Well, why should Israel do it? They didn't start it. They're fighting for their livelihood. How many of you wouldn't fight for your livelihood? And you're saying they should stand down? Scale back? They're killing innocent people? Well, what did Hamas do on October 7th? 900 plus people were killed. And they took ownership. The media is trying to say that they didn't do it, but they made tapes. And it angers me, Andrew, when I hear people saying, oh, that's propaganda, you can't believe it. Okay, but if you have Hamas telling you that they did it, what is there not to believe? And this happens over and over again. But yet still, we want Israel to stand down. Don't defend yourself. Just be killed. Leave the Palestinians alone. And meanwhile, no one will accept the Palestinians, none of the Arab countries, and we mentioned this before. But you have the United States looking to accept them. They want to bring them in. We already have enough people. There's no room in the end. Shut the doors. So maybe Mike Pence was part of that brigade that he was afraid that if he stood up, if he fulfilled his constitutional duties, the left-wing mob would have come after him and his family. You never know. Because they're vicious people. Look at what they did to Supreme Court justices. And Andrew, have you noticed how the left has just demonized the Supreme Court? Demonized them. So that whatever comes from the court, whatever ruling comes from the court, people will second guess it. They'll say, oh, maybe we shouldn't trust them. Maybe we should get rid of the Supreme Court. That's going to be the next push to get rid of the Supreme Court. Now, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on it, we had to honor her. She had become some like idol. Although they didn't care anything about her. They just wanted to hang around as long as she could. But they have just like destroyed almost the Supreme Court for their own selfish gains. And the reason why they're doing it, because they know what they're doing right now with Trump and all these fake cases, they know that it's much to do about nothing. They know that they have just corrupted the legal system. So what they're doing is they know that if they get a verdict, and they're, you know, they're going to get a verdict because this all in Democrat t- terrain area, all the jurors would be Democrat. And that when it goes up for an appeal, and it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, they can say, see that we told you so, they're corrupt also. So that no one will believe them. Whatever ruling they give, they'll say, see that Trump had it all baked in the cake. So Trump had the foresight to know that you guys were going to do this to him. So he had all this baked into the cake. I don't know how people are supporting this corrupt regime of Joe Biden. 
news keeps coming out of his family, what his family was doing, just like a, a rogue cabal family. I mean, worse than I would see the mob, Andrew. And now we have the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who's saying that he's going to continue to look at this. Now, of course, the media, they've been happy that we didn't have a uh, president, uh, not a president, but a Speaker of the House, because they didn't have to report on this. Especially the, when we found out about Joe Biden's brother giving him $200,000 as a loan. For what? And then Joe goes and buys a house, vacation home. Where did the brother get the money from? Well, it's just so interesting that the brother was in, deal, in bed with China at the time. But no one understands this because the fake news media won't report on it. They're too busy trying to report on Trump. And as I said, when I started speaking, you look at this judge, Tanya Chumkin, who's now reinstating. She's going to reinstate the gag order on Trump because Jack Smith, the crazy looking prosecutor, is saying that Trump is trying to intimidate the witnesses. How is he trying to intimidate the witnesses? Why are you guys leaking information? That's okay, but Trump can't have free speech. And then this judge goes, well, you know, he doesn't get any special treatment, but simply because he's running for the president or he was a former president. Well, is someone going to tell that to Joe Biden's family? All the special treatments that he's getting? The man is off his rockers. You hear no one reporting that, oh, he makes all these mistakes and he's stumbling. He's talking on cue cards. He's forgetting who his cabinet members are. He has to wear sneakers because he'll fall down. We have Operation Don't Let Him Fall. He's walking down the lower steps of Air Force One. And I saw someone, I was on social media the other day, Andrew, and someone said that, oh, well, uh, you should be, I, I posted our, our uh, piece, the podcast, that Biden is, what was it? That we're, that he's destroying America. We're living in a nightmare. And he goes, oh, well, you should uh, look at Trump because the U.N. was laughing at Trump when Trump went to speak. It's like, OK, the U.N. was laughing at Trump, but they have Biden as a useful tool because Biden is doing their bidding. And to be honest with you, we should evict the U.N. from American soil. Let them go somewhere else. Send them to Germany. Why won't they go to Germany? Why won't they go to the uh, U.K., go to Great Britain? Why are they here? I don't see a need for them because everything that America does, they're against it, but yet and still they have their hand held, they're holding up their hands for us to give them a helping hand. They're wanting money. So why are they even on our soil? I mean, they're like on the Upper East Side. I, it's a nice building, but I'm surprised developers haven't said, let's kick, get rid of them. We can use that for high-end condos. Yeah, they should get rid of him. Get rid of the UN. It has beyond its prime. It doesn't do anything but fight against America. Get rid of them. You have the, the guy over the UN, the UN chief, who's coming out saying that Israel needs to practice restraint because the UN never liked Israel. And they can give two pennies about America other than just keep funding us. And you guys do realize that the land that they're on, it's called international property. So you can go there and commit a crime and you're you you know you're immune from it because you're an international property. The laws of America don't apply. And then some years ago, I think it was in the 90s, Ted Turner funded them indefinitely. 
as if though there was some powerful organization. No, they're not. The only thing they do is stop America. That's all they do with their holding up their hands for us to give them more money. Nothing else. Maybe all that scared Mike Pence. He thought about it like, wow, look, the odds are against me. I mean, and you look at what they're doing to Trump. I mean, I too might have been scared if I was weakling. But he's out. Can't say that he'll be missed, as you said, Andrew. He wasn't good on the debate stage. I guess people thought he was going to bring civility. And all those donors who were backing him, what were they thinking? Did they actually think he had a chance? I wonder who's going to be next, Chris Christie? <laughs> I mean, you would think he would. Maybe we haven't heard from him. And Chris Christie isn't a dumb lawyer. You would think he would call out the charade that's going on with Trump, but he won't. No. And this is the sad thing about it. This is how our justice system works. And this is the reason why people don't like or trust attorneys, lawyers, for this very reason. This is the reason why black people don't trust the criminal justice system. Because what they're doing to Trump, trying to railroad Trump, they've railroaded so many black men. And if Republicans were to put their heads on straight, get rid of Ronna McDaniel because she doesn't, she doesn't know she's going or coming, they say, wait a minute. We can link the two together to get more votes. But Andrew, they won't do it because Ronna McDaniel is weak, plain and simple. Yeah, very weak. And uh, Mike Pence, yeah, after he debated Kamala Harris and destroyed her, it seemed like he had a bright future. Uh, he just would have had to ride President Trump's coattails, but he couldn't do that. And uh, ultimately, I think that's what led to his downfall. You guys are tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The Natural Colon Cleanse. 
It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We're back here on After Dark with Rob and Andrew as we're discussing Mike Pence. Rob brought up Chris Christie. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that recently, but a Raleigh President Trump uh, said that Chris Christie is not a fat pig. Uh, they called him something else derogatory. But nonetheless, Chris Christie is so busy bashing President Trump. That's what he's made his entire campaign about. So it's no wonder that uh, President Trump is a little harsh and returning fire in his criticism against Christie. But this guy I saw on the fake news the other day criticizing uh, Republicans for not wanting to fully fund Ukraine. This guy is so clueless where Republicans stand. He thinks everybody wants to just give all of our money to Ukraine. He says it's a great use of the Pentagon budget because it knocks out Vladimir Putin and Russia. Uh, he said you give us give them 5% of our Pentagon budget, knocks out 50% of the Russian military. Sounds like a good trade-off to him. So this is where Chris Christie stands. He's pro-Ukraine. Uh, he would just throw all the money that Zelensky wanted towards him. You remember he visited Zelensky recently, uh, kissing his butt like so many of the Democrats do. So uh, I don't know what Chris Christie's uh, getting his money from to even keep running. Uh, maybe he's just doing these fake news appearances, and that's pretty much what his campaign consists of. But uh, it seems like he's going to be in it for the long haul even if he continues to poll at 3 or 4%. Well, I think the thing with Christie Andrews is that he said that he's going to follow Trump all the way to New Hampshire because he sees a possibility that he might be able to win New Hampshire. I don't know why, but a lot of people in New Hampshire likes him. So he's going to stay in. I think that if he loses New Hampshire, hopefully he will bow out. But he does have a select group of donors that are allowing him to continue his dismal campaign just to be a thorn in the side to Trump. And if I were Trump, I would just ignore him. But of course, Trump won't do it because Trump likes to need people. He likes to need them just like when they come in, they say something. And think about it. Trump can completely just not focus on these people at all because he's ahead, as you mentioned, 40 points ahead. But every so often, I guess he gets bored and he feels that, let me just smack them down and make them aware that I'm still the lead. But Chris Christie... I don't see a path for him, even if he were to win New Hampshire. That's it. <laughs> what else? What else do you hope to win? You're not going to win anything else. So I don't know why he continues this. And see, this is what Republicans, this is how Republicans lose elections. This is how we mess up. You look at the whole thing with the Speaker of the House and how long it took. Now, you can say you didn't like what Matt Gates did. Matt Gates didn't have a plan. But when you think about it, if that clause was enacted, that any single member could vacate the speaker seat, that you would think the other Republicans would just jump on board and say, OK, they vacated it. We're going to vote. Some voted to kick him out. OK, fine. Now, the majority of the rest of us, let's just vote to put him back in. But they didn't do it. 
They just kept going around and around, a merry-go-round, saying, oh, what about this person? What about that person? And I'm hearing, Andrew, I don't know how truthful this is, that even with that, Kevin McCarthy had a lot to do with different members not being voted on. Now, when it came down to the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, I don't know what was the determining factor, why they all decided to get behind him. Of course, there is a story within the story that we will probably never know about until due time, but there is something behind it. It's the reason why they would all rally behind him, as opposed to Jim Jordan. And I, th- well, one of the reasons why a lot of them probably didn't like Jim Jordan, because he was not going to give in to a lot of their pet projects. They know that he's just like a strict constitutionalist. And that's what Mike Johnson is. But I, I don't know what, what's behind it, but I'm sure there is, and I'm sure we'll find out. But going back to the bloviator, uh, what's his name? Chris Christie. I don't know what his path to victory is. He could win New Hampshire. But the fact that this is a, as I mentioned during the last half of the first, I mean, the first half of the show, he's not necessarily a dumb man. He could be self-deprecating at times. But he was an attorney, U.S. Attorney General at one point, I think for the Southern District of one of the districts before he became governor. So he's not dumb, but I think he's, I'm not going to say he's vengeful, but he's spiteful. And when you're spiteful, you're really no good. You're at the lowest of the low. And whatever Trump didn't do for him, like I said, I think a lot of people said that he didn't want to be the attorney general because he thought that was like beneath him. He actually wanted to be Trump's vice president. I couldn't see it. And and you can tell now by the way he's behaving. If you're going to allow that to get in the way. And not just be a good foot soldier and say, okay, it didn't happen. I'm a foot soldier now. I look at Marco Rubio. Think of Marco Rubio and what was the other guy's name? Ted Cruz. They came, Trump came down hard on them, Andrew. Do you remember those debates? Yeah. And how Trump, I mean, he just like, man, I thought they will never be friends again. With Marco Rubio, little Marco, I mean, and he was pounding him. It was like a street fight. And even Ted Cruz, I mean, the way he came up to Ted Cruz and his wife, I thought, oh my God, stop. But in the end, they're one of some of Trump's biggest supporters. And Ted Cruz is a brilliant man, smart. He's gone before the Supreme Court. Despite all of that, they still support Trump. And if they don't, you would never know it. They're not telling anyone. But just imagine, because if Ted Cruz were to come out and say, oh, my God, Trump, just stop. I don't support him. Of course, the media would just blast that all over. They don't like Ted Cruz, mind you. They detest Ted Cruz. They don't like him at all. But if he were to come out and say something to the contrary about Trump, oh, they would put it out there. It would make headlines. The same thing with Marco Rubio. But those two men have not said anything. I'm shocked. When you think about it, Andrew, they haven't said one word against Trump. Ted Cruz has said, I think he's going to be our next president, and Trump should do this, and Trump, Trump, Trump. The same thing with Marco Rubio. But you take the bloviator, Chris Christie, and Mike Pence, they just can't get it together. They've got to go against Trump. Even Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. It's like, in order to win, 
you have to poo-poo on him. You look at Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, Trump hasn't gone after him, hasn't said anything because Vivek hasn't gone after him. But yet the media wants – they want Vivek to, to drain blood, to uh, get blood out of Trump. They want that fight. I remember when – you remember back when Barack Obama was running against Hillary Clinton? And I remember Chris Matthews saying, you know, if Barack Obama wants to win this, he's got to go after Hillary. we got to see some blood. He's got to really go after her. And I've always said, why do they want candidates to fight? Why do they want them to extract blood? Because in the end, one of them will win, and you will have to support the other person. So I don't get it. So I don't get now DeSantis trying to go after Trump when, in my opinion, I would just say, but you supported him before you didn't support him. You said he was the best person for the job. But the media won't bring that up. I watched Brett Baer interview Ron DeSantis. And he pretends as if though that Ron never said it. Now, imagine this. This is what I like about these guys. Because if DeSantis were to best Donald Trump, and it remains to be seen, but you know, anything could happen. Then they would bring up, they would say, okay, so you bested him. But don't you find it interesting that when he was running, that you supported him because he helped you win the governorship, then they would bring it up. Then they would want you to remember what happened. But right now, they don't want you because that's not part of the narrative that they want you to talk about. I find it so strange, but yet interesting that this is how they roll. But as far as the bloviator, they could care less about him. Oh, they want him to be the a, a fool maker. They want him to go after Trump. They they want this battle. They want him to say all these nasty things. And he can't even realize that's what's happening. And before he decided to run, remember, Chris Christie was a regular commentator on ABC News. And then they got tired of him. Oh, we can't use him anymore. He's not really doing anything for us. They turned him out. Oh, get rid of him. He's not doing anything for us. But then the moment he said he was going to jump in the race, everybody, let's call Chris Christie. Why? Because we know he's going to say something negative about Trump. Let's call him up. And lo and behold, there he was. And you know something else that I'm thinking about, Andrew? This Going back to Ron DeSantis, and you know they've been saying that Ron DeSantis, and we'll probably do a show on this should this happen, Ron DeSantis is going to debate Gavin Newsom. I call him Grease Slapper because he has so much gel in his hair. Gavin Newsom, who went over to China to praise China and what they've done to the country compared to him destroying California. Gavin Newsom, whom a lot of people say, you know, he wants to run for president, but he's going to wait, which I think is admirable of him. I don't like him. He's not going to get in the mix and step on Biden. Unlike Ron DeSantis, who decided, I'm just going to get on there and I want to step on Donald Trump. But here's the point I wanted to make, that I, I'm really concerned about this, because Gavin Newsom, I don't find an appeal with him at all, but Democrats do. And there are a few Republicans who have man crushes on Gavin Newsom. They think he has Hollywood good looks. I don't see it. They think he's really smooth and suave. 
That I see because look at how he managed to destroy California. So imagine them putting him up against Ron DeSantis. He has a nice head of hair. I guess he's okay looking. But his temperament and his presence, sometimes, as we've said this before, Andrew, he looks like a deer in headlights. Because you have to remember when he debated Andrew Gillum. And he was rather timid. So this whole thing that they're trying to build up a debate between two governors, I don't think that's going to go over well for DeSantis. Because people might, he might come out of that a loser. And if he does, if he has any political aspirations, he can hang it up. He can hang it up because it will not go over well. Yes, we all know that Florida is doing great. We know that. Okay. We know that California isn't. But the media is behind Democrats, not Republicans. So he needs to think long and hard about that. I know that Sean Hannity put this together. And it's supposed to happen in November, Andrew. But I have reservations. I have the same reservations that Mike Pence had when he was supposed to certify those elections. At this point, it's just kind of desperation from DeSantis. I mean, what does he really have to lose? He's down by 40 points. Uh, even if DeSantis whips him in this, or I mean, uh, pardon me, even if Newsom whips him in this debate, uh, obviously not on ideas. We both agree that uh, we would agree with Ron DeSantis a lot more than we would with Gavin Newsom. But as you said, uh, Gavin Newsom's pretty slick guy. So if he gets the better of Ron DeSantis in this debate, uh, I don't think Ron really has much to lose in this debate, just pure desperation, trying to stir up some media attention, get some sound bites, just to try and get any um, advantage on President Trump that he can possibly get. And that's what scares me, because he he has a lot to lose, whereas Gavin Newsom, when lose a draw, the media will say that he's won, because he's so smooth. So DeSantis better think about this long and hard. Even when you when I watch him in different interviews, a scowl on his face. I mean, he's a good looking guy, I guess. But that scowl on his face, that deer in headlights, he doesn't come across as being friendly. Uh, whereas Gavin Newsom, he has that smile. He's a slick willy. And DeSantis just doesn't have it. So he better think long and hard about this before he steps out on that stage. Even when he's been on the stage doing the debates, I mean, he's been forceful, but I mean, this 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 could turn out to be a Nixon-Kennedy-type debate, and Ron could possibly lose. And, and speaking of the Nixon-Kennedy debate, Andrew, what are your thoughts? And we mentioned this before about Robert F. Kennedy and Joe Biden refusing to get him Secret Service protection. I think uh, his house or some stalker has tried to break in his house twice and it's sad that he wants to kill him. Why won't Joe Biden just get him Secret Service protection? 
And, and to be it's, honest with you, I would think that he could get it himself, Andrew, since he's a rich person. What were you about to say? But Joe's crackhead son's got Secret Service protection, <laughs> probably oh. following him around to all those uh, drugged in crack houses and who knows where else they're getting uh, dragged around to with Hunter Biden. Probably a lot of brothels and other types of places with this guy. Andrew, I never thought about that. That's right. He does have Secret Service protection. And remember, a report came out last week that the FBI has had like 40 ages embedded in the Biden family cabal spying on them. So who knows what they're what they found out? And some of them have wanted to turn in the information and the FBI wouldn't accept it. So it just goes back to Biden's daughter and the diary. They probably know that a lot of that stuff is true. The same way they knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was true. Man, this this family is so corrupt. And when you try to explain it to people, they will go after you as if, as if though they want to kill you trying to protect this man who couldn't care less about them. This world is so upside down, it's not even funny. But just going back to Robert F. Kennedy, up against a commercial break, but I want to say this before we go, is that one of the reasons why, I mean, and I kind of understand it, the reason why he won't get him Secret Service protection for one, I would think that Robert Kennedy would have get it himself since he's a person of means, means meaning in the, the financial uh, arena, he has money. But the other thing is that usually you don't get the person's Secret Service protection until after they have become an official candidate. You think about Barack Obama when Barack Obama was running. They kept saying, get him protection. Where is uh, – what, what was his name? Uh, he, at the time was George Jr., who was W. Who was the president? They say, "Oh, they got to get in protection because there are threats on his life." But see, had he done that, it would have elevated Barack Obama to make him seem as if though he is the candidate. Whereas there were other candidates that were running that weren't getting that protection. And then the moment the Democrats decided that he was going to represent them, he got Secret Service protection. And remember, they had said the same thing about Trump. They said that Trump was going to withdraw protection from Barack Obama. Again, all smoke screens and mirrors, something that the media created so that they could say he's a racist. And that was one of the first things uh, Trump did. He said, we have to protect our leaders. He wasn't going to like deny the man uh, protection, although I think Barack Obama has enough money that he could foot the bill himself. But will he do it? Absolutely not. He's going to keep every dime he could get. You see, that's what people should look at. Why is it? that these independently wealthy folks who are leaving the White House won't get their own protection. Well, if we know anything about Democrats, it's they love free stuff. So he's not going to turn down free Secret Service protection, uh, Barack Obama, that is. And speaking of Hunter Biden, uh, in a bombshell letter, according to the New York Post, to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray, Senator Chuck Grass, alleges that top justice and FBI officials repeatedly over the course of years moved to shut down investigations into the Biden crime family. Grassley says more than 40 confidential sources provided criminal information related to Hunter Biden and others 
in the Klan to the FBI. I mean, this guy is just ankle deep in corruption. The media keeps blowing it over, acting like there's nothing to see here. We all know that there's uh, more to see. It seems like the media could use some Healthy Cell. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. So we say, you know, these elite athletes, lawyers, doctors, they're all getting good night's sleep. And you can really boost your night's sleep with healthy cell. You can absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. comes in a great tasting gel pack. You go to HealthyCell.com, check out the great products, and save with the promo code OUTLOUD. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved we are back here on After Dark with Robin Andrews for the last few minutes of the show. And as uh, we have all heard about by now, friend star Matthew Perry uh, apparently went into some kind of cardiac arrest and drowned in his hot tub. Uh, I know a lot of people are coming out and saying that he did a campaign for the vaccine. So we'll just go ahead and throw that out there at the beginning. Uh, it's very sad, nonetheless, that he has passed away. I always found him very entertaining on the show. Uh, I thought Friends was a very well-written show. Uh, it's a shame you don't get too many sitcoms like that nowadays. They're all just so lame. I mean, uh, this was just great comedy. Right after uh, Seinfeld, another great comedy. Uh, they just don't make them like they used to. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on Matthew Perry passing away? I was shocked when it happened. Uh, and it's interesting how when you have these celebrities that die and sometimes when a person dies, you're like, wow, you know, and it hits you. You're just like thinking about it because you saw them on TV and it's like they came into your life and you would watch them. Now, that being said, I must share with our audience that I never once watched Friends when it was on. <laughs> never, never watched it. Never watched Friends. I've only seen it in repeats. Reruns, rather. Never sat down. And from what I've seen, it was interesting. It was funny. But I never, when it was, when during the heyday, I didn't get it. I'm like, oh, okay. I really wasn't into like a lot of sitcoms. 
like I like laugh and like, oh, okay, yeah. Seinfeld, I loved, and I think when Seinfeld went off, that's when I stopped watching sitcoms. But I was never a fan of Friends, and even with the reruns, I mean, I might watch if I have nothing to do. If it's on, I'm, I'll like sit and watch it because I'll find it funny, or I might see a clip on social media, then I'm like, oh, this was kind of funny. But I was never a fan of Friends. That being said, I heard that it was a great show. I know that one of the producers of the show became woke, and she decided to donate, I think, a million dollars to some schools because she said she never thought or realized that the show didn't represent Blacks. I think uh, at one point, if memory serves me correctly, one of the characters, I think his name was Ross, started to date a black woman. So, and that was when they started getting flack that, oh, it's not diversified. There are no blacks here and yada, yada, yada. And it's New York City and you got to have one black friend or one Hispanic friend. And and yeah, that is true. When living in a a big city like this, there's always a black or a, you know, whatever group you're in, you always have someone else from another race or ethnic background in that clique. But they really made a big deal out of it. And they did the same thing with Seinfeld. They said, oh, how could he not have any black friends? Very easily. You socialize with the people that you're in your area. So it's not to say that they're racist because they didn't have a black friend. I mean, I look at my uh, array of friends here, and it's completely, mine is completely diversified. I think that some people might say that I don't have many black people in my group of friends because it's so diversified. I have whites, Asians, Hispanics. Uh, some of my black friends that were here, they've moved on to other uh, areas. But I mean, I never looked at it that way, that, oh, I don't have a black person in my group of friends. Oh, I don't have a white person. Oh, I don't have this per- Oh, I don't have, ah. No, if it's whoever I feel comfortable with. If they're nice, we're talking, okay, that's a friend at the time. But of course, you always have these woke individuals who will sit back and they'll analyze it. So that was one of the things that they said about friends. Oh, they don't have any black people. And I remember, I think even Jennifer Anderson came back and she said, no, when I was looking at this and I can't believe that we never had a black person on it. Well, you weren't thinking about that at the time. You were just making a show. You weren't sitting down thinking, oh, where are the black people? And I think someone even came out and said that when they would have their reads, when you have a, a, a sitcom, you sit around the table and then you go over the script. They said that some of the producers would make fun of black people. Again, this is all hearsay. It's designed to get people all revved up and to hate the show and to hate some of the people. But like I said, you have the creator or the producer of the show to come out and say that I didn't realize the damage that we were doing. And I guess I am a racist because I didn't have any black people there. So she decided to donate a million dollars to some school for the study of blacks. It just doesn't make any sense. Think about when the Cosby show was on. It was a show about a black family. And yes, some of the kids had white friends. But that was the extent of it. But when you have a show like Friends, and then people sit back and start to analyze and say, well, you didn't have these people, you didn't have that person. It's, It's too much. I think it's too much. I think that this is how we get into trouble. We start pushing these fake agendas, these fake narratives, creating hate. Then people will sit back and say, oh, that's right. They didn't have a black person on there. Whereas you had the sister, uh, you had the show, uh, 
Living Singles. I don't know if you remember that show, Andrew. If you ever, did you ever watch Living Singles? Are you familiar with it? I didn't watch it. Are you? Had you heard of it? No, I haven't actually. You know, and someone would say that you're a racist, that you never heard of Living Singles, because Living Singles actually came out before Friends, and it was about a group of black young adults and their friendship. So that came out, and it was successful, and then they came up with Friends, and Friends surpassed Living Singles. And now the talk is that the stations didn't put enough money behind Living Singles to give it star power. Some of the characters on Star, one of the main characters on it was Queen Latifah, the rapper. And I think a lady by the name of Erica Alexander. Uh, and I didn't watch that. This, I didn't watch that show either. Kim Fields, who was on The Facts of Life. And then there were some other comedians. But what little bit that I watched, it was, it was hilarious, you know, but I just wasn't into them. Now, another show. Do you, are you familiar with the show Martin? Did you ever watch Martin? Martin Lawrence? Yeah, I've seen it before. It was okay, a, so you funny, know about show. Right, no, see, that's the interesting thing about it, because a lot of people, regardless of your background, have heard of Martin and they've watched the show Martin. That's another show that I hardly ever watched. Well, there was one character called Shanene. I would watch it when they had her, but then I wouldn't watch it anymore because I just wasn't into it. But again, according to society, if you're a white person and you don't know about those shows and you never watch those shows, it's because you're racist or you are prejudiced. Now, despite the fact that there are shows, like I said, Friends, I never watched it. Didn't see a need. I'm like, okay, I don't care about the friendship that they have. I would watch, you know, like I said, in repeats. But you see how society creates this. If you didn't watch that, you're like this. If you don't have this in your group of friends, you're this way. Whereas it is the farthest thing from your mind. But then when they plant that, you start to think and say, wait, wait a minute. Maybe I am guilty. Maybe I've done something wrong because I don't have a black friend or a white friend in my group of friends. Yeah, I'm a bad person. And you just never thought of it. You think about when you're in the school, high school, and how in the lunchroom, the whites would sit with the whites and the blacks with the blacks. And people would have fun and think nothing of it until you would have these deviant sociologists who would come in and say, why aren't you guys all sitting together? There's racism there. Maybe there was, I don't know. But then when you would find a white person sitting with the black person or vice versa, whichever way you want to say it, people, well, why are you sitting with that white person? Or why are you sitting with that black person? They say, but I thought you said that we should come together. We're all the same. You see, you, Pete, you, you can never satisfy the mob. And I remember when this black lies thing, lies thing started coming, they said, don't apologize to the mob because they're never happy. They don't want appeasement. They just want to create drama. This is the same thing that's going on with Israel and Hamas. Israel can say, look, this is what we're doing to protect civilians. People will never accept it, and they don't want to accept it because they want to have a beef. They want to have something to fight about. They want to say, hey, we weren't treated the right way, or you did this because you don't like us. Always that way. I remember when uh, Whitney Houston died. People tried to make that out to be a race issue. 
It's like, but it's not. Woman just died. So what you bet, Andrew, they're going to talk about Matthew Perry. And I bet you anything, either Joy Reid on PMS NBC or those crazy hens on The View are going to turn this into a race thing. And they'll probably say, why do they keep talking about this? Oh, it's because he's a white man. That's the reason why they keep talking about it. Because had it been a black man, they wouldn't talk about it. Never mind you when that black actor was found dead with a needle in his body. He was shooting up. They talked about that nonstop. I can't think of his name. Oh, but they talked about it nonstop. But they'll make you believe that, although they don't talk about it, the same way they'll make you believe that when a black person is kidnapped or a black woman is kidnapped, the media doesn't talk about it. Well, they're not talking about it because the people who should be talking about it don't want to talk about it. How many times did Joy Reid talk about the woman, Tanisha Robinson, who was killed in uh, one of the Caribbean islands? She barely ever talked about it. But when that Pepito girl got killed, oh, she talked about that nonstop. And she was saying, well, why are they talking about it? Well, why are you talking about it? So you have to look through and listen to what they're saying and then flip the script on them. Because they'll make you think that you're doing something wrong and that they're all innocent. What an oxymoron we know that's not true. Look at the guy from Maine. The guy from Maine who killed, I think, 18 people. He was a white man. Now, is it not interesting that they haven't mentioned those the names of the victims? They haven't said much of anything about them? You don't see Anderson Cooper coming on saying, and these are the names of the victims, and this is what they wanted to do. You know, all his solemn talk and him shedding a tear. None of it. You don't hear none of it. You know why? Because the victims were white. Now, never mind the fact that the shooter was a boogeyman white man. Oh, they don't care about that. But had the victims been black? Oh, my God, Andrew, we would still be talking about it. They would be doing specials on it. But no specials for that because they were white and they don't care about that. It's time to move on. The next order of business. This is just how corrupt our society is. Our society has become. And even more so under this administration, which is corrupt. The whole family. So if his family is corrupt, you can only imagine how he's running the government. It's equally corrupt. I was looking at another article since we're talking about entertainers. Uh, Malia Obama. They're talking about her because she's now dyed her hair red. And what happened with all this smoke thing? They say, don't smoke. This girl smokes like a chimney like her dad. Every time you see her, she got a cigarette in her mouth. Oh, maybe it could be a joint. I don't know. You see, she'll get a pass. But everybody else, oh, they'll talk about them. Oh, and then just speaking of celebrities, you heard the latest about Britney Spears and Jason Timberlake, I think it is. They used to date. And she claims that when they were dating, she got pregnant, she had an abortion. I don't see the media giving her any slack. That poor girl, remember when she came out? She was a kid singing bubblegum songs. And then the moment she reached puberty, 16, it was, okay, we're tired of that. She's got to give us something else. We want to see that she's a woman. She was 16 years old trying to find herself. 
It's very difficult for girls when they're going through puberty. And look at how they destroyed this woman's life. I don't think she ever recovered from it, Andrew. I don't think that a lot of these young girls, I think it's more difficult for young girls to navigate stardom than it is for men. I mean, we, we saw what happened to Justin Bieber when he was trying to navigate, and he had at one point took a walk on the wild side. But when you look back on it in hindsight, you look at the way he was treated. He was treated like a some type of sex kid. And you go back and you look at some of those videos and how women were grabbing him, grown women, and he was a kid. And even men, the way they would make reference to him. So you think you're a kid and you're trying to navigate through this and you're just, you just want to sing, you just want to be popular, and then you have these adults that are coming after you. And there's no one to save you. You know, uh, uh, this guy, Matthew Perry, he was also started out as a kid actor. I can only imagine what happened to him. His dad was a, I think his dad was a model. And then, of course, he got hooked on substance abuse. And it was a tragic life. I don't, we don't know what happened to him. We, like they said, like you said, they said it was cardiac arrest. He was in a tub, hot tub. He had taken pictures from the hot tub and put on Instagram. The next thing you know, he was dead. Guess who else died that way? Whitney Houston. Hot tub. Drowned. Wow. What a life. What a life. And it makes you wonder, Andrew, is it really worth it? That life, that lifestyle. What do you say, Andrew? I don't know. Yeah, certainly a lot of um, bad comes with the good when it comes to the entertainment lifestyle, and we see it catch up to a lot of these celebrities. We're all out of time tonight. Thank you for all joining us on After Dark with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, wherever you stream, or go to AmericaOutloud.news. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.